You're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky. And I'm Kara. This is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. Today's topic is... Book Club, Can You Hear Me Now? Welcome back to Book Club, Becky. I love chatting about books with you. And today we're going to be talking about Can You Hear Me Now by Selena Caesar Chavant. Uh, Selena is a, an entrepreneur and a former Liberal Member of Parliament in the Canadian federal government. Uh, she's a black woman who was born in Granada and came to Canada as a child. And she started her own company to help researchers conduct clinical trials. She was elected to Parliament in 2015, but she did not stand for re-election in 2019 because of her experiences while being a part of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government. So her book here is a memoir. It's an impassioned, detailed tell-all about her life, from her childhood to starting a business to getting into politics, leaving politics, and everything that entails, um, I find that this book pulls no punches. So just a trigger warning for our listeners, we are going to talk about how Cesar Chavon uh, talks about child abuse, sexual assault, as well as miscarriage. Mm. Well said, my friend. Well said. Honestly, I had no idea who... Selena was um, until I read this book. I'm very ignorant when it comes to especially Canadian politics. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was so happy when you sent my birthday Becky box and I saw this book. I like I think I screamed with joy because it was so crazy because you're like, I think you're really I think you're really going to like this book that I chose for you. It's nonfiction, and I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm not feeling nonfiction right now. But I had just put this book on my Goodreads to read list like a week <laughs> before you sent me the box. Yeah, and, and I, I, I did not yeah. see that. I just, I, I heard about this book and I, I picked it yeah. for myself because I wanted to hear from her. Mm-hmm. and hear about her experiences as a black woman in politics in Canada. But when I started reading the book, pretty much from the first page, the first chapter, I'm like, okay, this is a book for Becky. Like, it, it's the perfect storm of, like, it's a memoir. It's also kind of supposed to be inspirational. She talks about leadership. She talks about starting a business. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that these are all subjects you like. You love mm-hmm. reading books by, like, strong, powerful women. And I thought it would be interesting for you to hear about Selena's experiences. Yeah, absolutely. When I saw it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm diving right into this. And like you said, the first couple of pages, you're hooked. You're you're so invested in her story already. And you're like, wow, like how how does she get through it? How does she navigate her life? Like, you know, mm-hmm. what are her values? What are her goals? That sort of thing. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that beginning part of the book first, right? So I, I yeah. would say the book is largely divided into her childhood uh-huh. and then her early adult years where she gets married, she started a business, mm-hmm. they're struggling, they're having a family. Uh, and then the last third of the book really focuses on her short political career. So for the first part of the book, uh, what, what really just kind of surprised me and stood out for me was how candid she is about the child abuse she faced, because that's how I would mm-hmm. characterize what her parents did. Mm-hmm. And she she also disclosed things like she was molested by a trusted mm-hmm. adult. She doesn't go into a lot of details, but she just it it's just like she drops it in there almost mm-hmm. with no warning. And you're like, whoa. And I I liked that because you get this sense immediately that this is not going to be one of those light and fluffy leadership memoirs where she's like, yeah, girls, just be strong mm. and be smart and work hard and you're going to get to the top. She's like, no. So I had a really tough time adjusting to life in Canada and mm-hmm. my parents favored my brother over me. And also I was sexually assaulted. <laughs> and it's just like, ooh. It's a lot. I I agree. But it's like, it's so refreshing that she doesn't have that take, you know, like, oh, just, you know, smile and positivity. Like, she doesn't have that toxic positivity. I'll never forget when she, like, slipped on the floor and then she, like, got a gash in her forehead and just, like, how she describes it. You're like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost had to reread it because I'm like, wait a second. Like, how did it actually happen? And... So it wasn't like her mom had meant to make her slip or whatever. Like, it was an accident. But I guess she told authorities that Selena had just fallen down the stairs accidentally because she, I guess she didn't want to draw attention to anything and then, you know, maybe have Selena get taken away from her or, or whatever. I, I think I think that was, like, the motive, right? Like, to protect their family, basically. Yeah, and I I mean, that's something that kind of comes up throughout the book is, you you know, she's very outspoken and very open about the way that anti-black racism has affected her life right from childhood. And yeah, Yeah. like her, her parents were very much aware of how being black in Canada can be dangerous at times. Mm Uh, yeah. And like in her childhood, you know, there's the higher risk of your kids being taken away by child protective services. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember that she struggled in one of her schools because there weren't many other black children. And then they moved and suddenly there were people who looked like her. Oh, and she's like, yeah. oh, this is good. Like, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was so interesting to see, like, the neighborhoods that they had moved into, like, Mm-hmm. As as she was progressing throughout her childhood, right? It was like, oh, this neighborhood, like we couldn't go outside after a certain time. And then the next neighborhood they moved to was like a little safer, but mm-hmm. maybe there were less, there were less black kids around. So mm-hmm. it's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. So another thing that I liked was this attitude that she has towards learning and learning from her mistakes mm-hmm. because she's very honest and she's very open about all the ways in which she fucked up <laughs> <laughs> 
And I like how she she has this little like personification of mistakes. She calls mistakes <laughs> mistake. And she's like, mistake is a woman who comes and visits you to teach you a lesson. And yes. there is no problem. There's, there's nothing wrong with being visited by mistake. But you have to learn the lesson from her. That's why mistake comes and visits you. Don't we all have someone like that? <laughs> exactly. You know, I like how that's kind of one of the themes of the book is that we are always going to mess up in our life. Mm -hmm. And I like that she describes her struggle with deciding to step back and take breaks because she thought, well, if I take a break, it's like declaring defeat. But mm -hmm. she eventually realized and had the growth to admit to herself that sometimes if you're feeling overwhelmed, taking a break can be the smartest thing because that allows you to take time for yourself and evaluate what you're doing so that you can move forward in a healthier direction. Yeah, I totally agree. Because if, you know, you're constantly running on this treadmill that we call life, or that we think is life, and then you're not really going anywhere and you're just running yourself into the ground, you know, and that doesn't serve you and that doesn't serve the people around you. So yeah, I, tot I totally agree with you. I also liked how there were certain moments throughout the book that either she was guided by someone or by something or she had these moments where it's like her, her life could have taken a very different turn but I, I remember there's this one part where I think she was in, she must have been in high school or something. And she was like, you know, I wanted to be like a bad, like a bad gal, you know? Mm -hmm. And she went up to this guy and she's like, you know, I'm interested in selling drugs. And she said the guy just shot her down. He's <laughs> like, no, you're too smart for this. Yeah. You're, you're too smart for this, this kind of life. Like you gotta you you're meant for bigger things than this, and she was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> like, there's definitely a lot that we could unpack there about that interaction, but I I think the main thing that she tries to get us to take away from that is, um, this idea that she's very grateful for how other people in her life mm -hmm. have either dispensed wisdom mm -hmm. or either offered her an opportunity or maybe redirected her from something that she was thinking of as an opportunity, but wasn't actually an, op an opportunity, right? Absolutely. And, and that speaks to how, like, so much of our lives actually comes down to, like, luck and timing. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It also, I think that part also reminded me of this quote that I've heard, and it's kind of cheesy, but I'll say it anyway. Rejection is a form of protection. And I've always like, I don't know, like it's, it's really resonated with me because I'm like, yeah, like anytime I've been <laughs> rejected by someone or something that at the time like I really wanted or I thought it was the right way, mm -hmm. like going to grad school, you know, like mm -hmm. I could have had a very different life if I had pursued academia, you know, until my PhD, but I would have been beyond miserable <laughs> that's a really good point and we see that in the book right because she talks about her academics she talks about how she struggled with university yeah and 
I love that she talks about this because we have this myth, especially, Mm -hmm. I think, in Canada, that university is better than college or trade apprenticeships. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pressure on students, especially students like Selena, who were Mm -hmm. academically inclined in high school, to go to university and do really well. And there's a perception that if you don't go to university or you don't succeed in university, that you're not going to be successful in life. Yeah, you're a failure. So Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Selena, she belies that because she fails at university. Yep. And she eventually succeeds. And I love how she admits that it's like, well, I, I, I should have just done what people were telling me to do, like her guidance counselor, right? But she wasn't ready to hear that advice. Yeah. yeah. So she eventually succeeds. And then like years later, <laughs> she ends up becoming a governor of the University of Toronto and yes. she has this like imposter syndrome about it because she's like, well, do mm-hmm. they know that I just scraped by? Mm-hmm. That whole part was just so emotional. Like I yeah, I just remember reading it and being like, how can you read this and like not have tears, yeah. you know? like It's about not feeling good enough. Mm-hmm. And then so in between... Uh, her failing university and her finally getting a diploma and stuff, she ends up working with uh, a black researcher. And she talks about how it's not just having like representation Mm -hmm. of people who look like her in public positions and positions in science and technology and stuff. She's like, y'all need to have access, right? Like kids need to see this, but they also need to be able to talk to these people and maybe get mentorships with these people Mm -hmm. because that seemed like it really opened the door for her to learn about the research process and then eventually start she started her own business from scratch yeah and she she really gets into the complexities of how she felt as a black woman being the head of this business and how like there were times when she hid that she was a black woman because she thought it was going to hurt her. Mm -hmm. And there were times when she embraced it because she thought that it would help her. And it's just so interesting to me, right? Because, you know, as white women, this is stuff we don't have to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we face sexism Mm -hmm. for sure, but we don't face the, the double intersection of sexism and racism which is called misogynoir Mm -hmm. that people like selena caesar chiffon uh face and um it's just so interesting hearing her unpack that and really kind of discuss that in a very specific way that applies to her lived experiences i love that you brought that point up because i thought that was so interesting as well because like you said we have the privilege so it's like that wouldn't occur to us Mm -hmm. to hide a facet of ourselves. I loved when she talked about how she met her now husband, Vidal, and just seeing how their relationship, like, as great as it is and i feel like he definitely is the rock in the relationship and like kind of kind of keeps her like a little bit more grounded you know um Mm -hmm. and i'm not trying to say like oh like he saved her or anything because she still had she still faced challenges and yeah maybe it was 
maybe her burdens were a little bit eased because of him, but she still had her own shit to go through. And I and I like that mm-hmm. she was she's just so transparent. The fact that like they've had their ups and downs, you know, they've grown together, but then they've also had points when they've grown apart. And she talks very candidly and openly, and it's it's not all pretty. It's not all sunshine and rainbows, right? Yeah, like even when she talks about meeting him and falling for him, mm-hmm. and she talks about how like she had this very specific list of yes. criteria. <laughs> the loofah. <laughs> Becky, do you have a list like this? I'm not going to lie. I probably have some sort of list that I've written, but it's it's more <laughs> like it's not so specific. Like this person must dress in, in this, you know, designer or, you know, they must be like exactly um six feet tall or whatever it's more of like i you know i'm looking for a person that's funny and loyal and you know independent like that that kind of shit like the more like the core stuff not not so much okay but what about the loofah stuff like do you do you think no no your husband to be needs to wash with a loofah no okay you heard it here on this podcast listeners i don't give two shits as long as he washes himself I mean that that does help, and that it's good to know that you have low standards. <laughs> yeah, hers was so specific. Like he must use a washcloth or a loofah. I was like, that's so interesting. Like, mm-hmm. and and it's funny because I think we all have quirks like that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it kind of comes out in different ways. Like, you know, for her, it's like, oh, I made a list, and it's like extremely specific and it must be like he Mm. has to check every single thing yeah so Vidal comes along and checks it all and he's he tells her on their like first date that he's gonna marry her Mm -hmm. and I remember cringing at that because of course you know skeptical aromantic Kara is just like no like red flag like gross but yeah you know like it sounds like for the most part their relationship ended up pretty well Mm -hmm. um but like you said, they go through some pretty rough patches. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And w- when she started talking about that, I, I was just like, wow, like just the level of detail and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I, when I say that, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think it's, it's great. good. I think we need to talk more about miscarriages in our society mm-hmm. because otherwise it becomes this shameful subject. Mm-hmm. And it becomes painful because we love talking about children and we especially love asking women when they're going to have kids. <laughs> but it's like the moment that the M word comes up, it's like this taboo subject and it really shouldn't be. And it's just one of many subjects one of that many, are yeah. related. Yeah. It's, that are related to female health, female sexuality, the health of people who can reproduce where it's like, oh, no, we, we don't talk about that in Plight Company. Well, it's like, well, if you don't talk about it with your friends and you're not going to learn about it from school because it's not a part of the curriculum where it's frowned upon and God knows you don't want to learn about it from Pornhub, like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's all of this stuff that we're told we shouldn't talk about because it's shameful or something. So it's so refreshing and it's so good that Selena talks about it so openly in this book 
you know, and obviously some people don't want to read about it and that's fine. But I really hope that uh, people who have experienced that tragedy of miscarriage can read this and feel seen. And those of us who haven't experienced that tragedy, it helps us to understand what that does to a family and to the person who was expecting the child. Mm -hmm. I remember in the book when she is talking to one of her friends, it's, you know, discloses to her that she experienced a miscarriage. And Selena was like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, you did? Like, why didn't you tell me this before? And she was just so (laughs) shocked. Like, she was just so surprised. And she's like, okay, like, now I feel like I can relate with someone else. And, you know, it's nice to see that, too. Why don't we talk about moments that were unexpected throughout the book? I mean, there were many unexpected moments, let's be real. One example that I wanted to give, and I just thought it was so cute because it also has to do with your note in this. So Kara is just so cute because she read the book and then she also wrote little notes beside, you know, points that she resonated with or, you know, maybe she wanted to talk more about and then... At the end of the chapter, she would kind of write, you know, how she felt about that chapter specifically. So I won't give too much away. Don't worry, Kara. So there is a part where she talks about how her and Vidal moved to the UK. It was it seemed pretty spontaneous, right? You would agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just this like cute part in the book. And it was like, there was Vidal and a crowd of new neighbors in the middle of the street with a good dozen empty beer bottles at their feet. And I love, like, (laughs) I literally laughed out loud (laughs) because on the side you wrote, not my experience in England, LOL. And I can just hear, like, the sarcastic tone in your voice. And yeah, I just, when that came up in the book, I'm like, ooh, like, this is something I actually have knowledge of. (laughs) Like, I don't know what it's like to run a business or whatever. But I have also moved to the UK and been yeah. a teacher there. So when she talked about her husband, who's a teacher, and his experience with yes. uh, difficult students in the UK, I was like, oh, yeah, like you're speaking my language mm-hmm. right now. What about you? What was like an unexpected or interesting moment you you found? Uh, when she confessed that she was the one who had an affair. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> yeah. I remember she very clearly like laid it out for her husband when they were getting married. She's like, these are the rules, right? And she's like, if you ever have an affair, I'm done. Like I'm walking out. Mm-hmm. Plus, we always have this idea in our, or I don't know. I, I I think I have this idea in my head that it's like more men who tend to have affairs. But I think it's pretty equal from what I've heard. Yeah, I don't know the statistics. But yeah. I, I think the way that we talk about it is quite gendered. Yes. Right? And and I think there is there's an expectation that yeah. women in relationships with men will tolerate or turn a blind eye to a man's cheating, right? You're supposed to yeah. keep things together for the family. Whereas if a woman cheats, she's <laughs> a bad mother. Yeah. But good for them for not just calling it quits at that point and being like, "Okay, that was a mistake." How do we move for, forward with this? 
Mm-hmm. Let's talk about politics. Oh, let's talk about the P word. <laughs> yeah. So the last part of this book is all about Selena's time as a member of parliament. I'm honestly, speaking of surprises, I am shocked how much she tells us. And she like straight up is like, no, you know, Justin Trudeau is a little he's bitch. He's a privileged, yeah. <laughs> he's a privileged mofo. And, yep. you know, he was patronizing. He ignored me, except when it suited him. Yes. And she just, she takes us through all of these examples. There were some funny moments, like when she meets President Obama. Oh my and gosh. Then later in that evening, she meets Michelle Obama. And, and Michelle, like, looks her up and down and is like, So you're the one <laughs> who was, like, rude to my husband? Yes. Yeah, like so I so interesting because I feel like at the beginning I was like when she was first telling the story about how she got into politics and she was sort of mentioning how Justin had come in right the second time she ran in Whitby and was there for her like to hear that she got elected, right? He was like in her home and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I was like, oh, that's like that's really cool. Like he seemed like he was you know, he's being supportive. And then it just took this like sharp downturn from there. It's yeah. Like later on when she's talking about, she's going to resign and how he like calls her Mm -hmm. and starts like crying, trying to like guilt her into staying. And it's just so different from the image that he cultivated, especially at the beginning of his run as prime minister. It's crazy. Yeah, you yeah. get like a real a real life glimpse of what it's like to be a black woman in politics in Canada. Yeah, well because we have this stereotypical idea yeah. that Canada's not racist yeah. compared to like the US, right? Yeah. We're like, oh, we're better than the US. And that's not true. It's not true when it comes to racism against indigenous people. Yeah. And it's also not true when it comes to anti black racism, you know? And That's why I'm like, this is a book that we need to read, especially white people, especially white women. I I think a lot of the times we as white women, we have this habit of like holding up black women who are successful Mm -hmm. and and celebrating them, but in almost like a shallow way. And then we kind of like appropriate that for ourselves, you know, like so much of the language that we adopt is appropriated from black people. Yes. and, And... we have this tendency to kind of like try to emulate, you know, people like Beyonce. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with admiring successful and powerful black women mm-hmm. and, and trying to embrace what makes them successful. But it's just, it's interesting to me that we simultaneously do that while often forgetting or ignoring or erasing the discrimination that they disproportionately face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that this book gives us equal opportunities to celebrate Selena Caesar Chavan's uh, successes as a person, while also learning about and acknowledging her lived experiences as a black woman in our white supremacist society. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. (laughs) Pretty much as you've said, Kara... You know, I think that uh, as white women, we're we're very privileged and we don't have to think about 
we don't have to think about racism because we're not experiencing it and you know so it makes us blind sometimes to it right and certainly with this book it was it was an eye-opener because it was like wow like our politics are pretty messed up and the way that she was mm-hmm. treated you know was was terrible and that should not be her experience and it was interesting because i was thinking about it and i was like you know i wonder like what an what another black woman would think reading this like would she be surprised probably not because she's probably had very similar experiences right like in other areas of her of her life and it also Mm -hmm. reminded me of the college admission scandal right and i know it's like a really like hot topic thing like i i was listening to armchair expert and Dax was saying, you know, so many white people were were absolutely shocked that this was going on, right? Like that people of power and with money were paying their way to get to the top. And he's like, "Black, my black friends, not surprised at all because they're like, hello, this has been going on forever. And now you're just seeing it, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we are so blind sometimes. And it's only till, you know, maybe we read a book or we hear about a scandal and it's like, and it's good because we need, we need to be aware of these things, but it's just, it's just kind of mind blowing in in that sense, right? Well, it speaks to the need for us to educate ourselves, right? And yeah. like, we, we can't, we can't rely on black women to educate us. No, but no. That's why I bought this book, right? I'm like, <laughs> I got to financially support yes selena caesar chavan if she is taking the time to share her story and to educate us about this issue i gotta send some money her way right yes, so absolutely. that's that's what i'm doing here uh if people if our listeners are are interested in the the whole like history of white supremacy and how it's kind of so ubiquitous in our society i would highly recommend mediocre uh, the Dangerous mm-hmm. Legacy of White Male America by Ijeoma Oluo. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came out uh, last late last year. And it's just, it, it kind of goes almost like era by era, mostly focusing on American history, but it has applications to Canada as well. And it just talks about exactly what you just said, Becky, how the discrimination and racism, especially that Black people face, mm-hmm. It's not just the obvious stuff that we often think about, the stereotypical discrimination based on someone's skin color or something. It's built into the structure of our society. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's also on my list, by the way. (laughs) Excellent. And that's also on a friend's list because she saw it on my list because I saw it on your list. So (laughs) you have an domino effect. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, yeah, people want to read my review of this book, yeah. of Mediocre. I'll put I'll put links in the show notes, or if you just go to kara.reviews, that's K-A-R-A dot reviews. So I thought this would be a fun thing to do to wrap things up. But if you were to use three adjectives to describe Selena, what would those be? Hmm. I'd say she's honest. Yeah. She's forthright. Yes. And I'm trying to think about what's the noun version of having integrity. And it's, 
I guess she's honorable. Ooh, I like that. If I were to use three adjectives to describe Selena, I would say that she is bold in the best way possible, transparent, because she's just shown us the good, the bad, the ugly. And I would say mm-hmm. resourceful because even in like the lows and even in her troubles, like she's just always managed to find a better path somehow. And maybe that was with a little bit of luck, but it was definitely, I think, because she's been resourceful throughout her life. Well, Becky, I'm really glad that my choice of birthday book for you this year has landed so well and that we ended up deciding to talk about it on the podcast. I think this is the second time we've talked about a birthday book for you because last year we talked about Come As You You Are. Yeah, you're right. Well, let's keep this a tradition. And I mean, might I add, you're you've we have a theme going on with the pink covers and I like it. So so keep up with that theme, please. If if you can. <laughs> oh dear. No pressure. So where can listeners find us if they want to get hold of us and let us know what they thought about this episode or the book? Y'all can email us at we just like to talk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at We Just Like to Talk. And you're listening to us, so you found us some way, somehow. But we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, etc. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sleepy right now, so this is... Not that, not that this has been putting me to sleep. I'm just... <laughs>